Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome to Discovery Point Church. If we had not had the chance to meet yet, my name is Gregory. I am uh, the youth pastor here, uh, and today, tonight rather, I have just the opportunity uh, to get to share with you something Jesus has shown me, and I'm so excited to get to do it. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I I believe that, and I know I say this all the time, man, but God just doesn't do things on accident, right? And you're sitting where you're sitting right now for a reason, and um, I'm just excited you're here, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do tonight. Before we do that, though, uh, y'all ever read the Bible? First of all, hold on, let me restart. (laughs) Every time Mason and his squad is up here singing, I feel bad when I got to get up and follow them, right? Can y'all just give them some love? Because that was some incredible worship. I really, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, Okay, anyways, I just wanted them to have some some credit. Uh, but y'all ever read the Bible? And like, I have my Bible right here. And um, this morning I was reading it and I had a bunch of stuff highlighted and underlined and I read it and I was like, did I highlight this? Like, did I underline this? Like, I did not remember this was in the Bible because I feel like I would talk about it more. Y'all ever had those moments where you're just like, has that always been there? Yeah, a senior moment. <laughs> Hey, I'm getting there, man. I'm not going to say, <laughs> I won't say how old I am because I don't want to make Eric feel bad because he's known me for a long time. Um, but I, w- I just want to share with, this doesn't have anything to do with the message really, but I read it this morning and I was just like, I got to share this. Uh, and it's not on the screen or anything. It's Philippians uh, chapter three, uh, verse six. Paul says, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I mean, come on, man. Like, how often do we get to the end of our day and we're like, man, was I good enough today? Like, I messed up at like 12.30 this morning and it's still bothering me, right? And, and we just have this habit of like counting our rights and our wrongs and like living our life based off of how good or bad we can be. But Paul's like, yo, I used to do that. And he literally says later on, the NLT says, that's all garbage, right? He says that is worthless because of what Christ Jesus has done. Guy who disciples me, call him C.T., has a saying that we live from grace. We live from grace. We don't have to wake up every day and go earn that. That's where we live. That's our home, right? That's where we live from. And so I say all that to say, right now you are enough and you were loved. God is proud of you and you're doing good, all right? So just keep going. Just keep going. Okay, now I got to flip over to the actual sermon uh, (laughs) portion tonight. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk about who Jesus is tonight. And uh, this was, wasn't an accident because God doesn't, doesn't have accidents, but um, Pastor Rod last week had an incredible sermon uh, on the prodigal son and the love of God. And um, as I was preparing for this, 
uh, I, I was praying, you know, how I get all spiritual and stuff. I, God, what do you want me to say type stuff? Uh, and he gave me this, this, this message, and I was like, man, this is a perfect tie-in to what, what we talked about last week. So if you can remember what Pastor Rod talked about, about God's love, this is going to kind of keep those things in mind as we get back today. And I'm going to talk about a few of those things at the end. But we're going to talk about who Jesus is today. And to do that, we're going to look at a story found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. Uh, and this, this one, I was prepared for this one, so this will be on the screen for you. Um, and we're going to pick up in, in verse 40 of this story. You, you've probably heard it before, but we're going to read it to refresh your memory. It says, On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader in the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Now someone deliberately touched me, for I have felt the healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, and he was the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There is no trouble bothering the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. She will be healed. So that is our story tonight uh, we're going to dive into and my prayer for this is that we walk out of this room thinking way more about Jesus than we're thinking about ourselves or our problems. That's my prayer. Uh, but we got to pray first before we get into that. So pray with me. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And God, I, I just, I come before you right now and just, I'm just still floored by that time of worship. I needed it so badly, and, and I'm sure some other people in this room needed it too. And so I just, I want to thank you for music, for guitars, for singing, for drums, God, for just that, that gift you've given us to worship you, to praise you, to, to have fun. Thank you for that time. Got to pray for just our time together now as, as we open your word, and, and God, we, we seek your voice. We seek what you want to teach us, God, and, and, and to do that, we gotta, we gotta let go of these things we're holding on to. We gotta, we gotta put to the side the things that are going on in our life, and God, I ask that you would help us to do that. That whatever our troubles are today, whatever our worries are today, our anxieties, our fears, our burdens, I ask that the Holy Spirit would help us just put those off to the side and receive with open arms what you have for us today. God, I pray for myself as I know I cannot do this without you, and I'm not gonna try to but I will abide in you as you abide in me. When words fill me, may you speak, because God, you know what we need to hear. I do not. So may every word that comes from my mouth be of you. And God, ultimately, may you be glorified. And may you draw us closer to yourself in this time. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Normally, I like to pray for like a sports team. Um, I would have prayed for my March Madness bracket right then, but I already threw it away. So... You don't got to worry about that tonight. Um, 
So let's dive into the story. The story, it's well known. You've heard it before. I want to break it down and, and just this evening point out some observations for you to, to consider, to think about. Uh, and I hope you find some encouragement in them. So we find Jesus and the disciples are getting back from a trip they took across the lake. And, and when they come back, they're met by a large crowd of people. And, and, and among the crowd that day was a man, and he was the leader of the local synagogue. And, and he came to Jesus because he had a request. We saw that he had a 12-year-old daughter. His, his baby girl was sick, and she was dying, and, and he needed Jesus to heal her. And so Jesus says, yeah, I'm, I'm willing. And Jesus, Jesus goes with the man, and, and he goes to his, he's on the way to, to his house. And we also see that the crowd went with him too, right? And it seems like as we read this story, they really want us to know that this was a monster crowd of people, right? Like this was like Disneyland in December around Jesus. Just it was jam-packed, right? And so this giant crowd is, is, is walking with Jesus, and, and, and they're on the way to this house. And, and you see there was another person in the crowd that day that, that I want to mention and bring up. It was this woman who had suffered from this condition for, for 12 years, this constant bleeding for 12 years. And we know from other accounts of this story in, in, in Matthew and in Mark, I believe, that, that this woman had exhausted all of her resources, all of her money, trying to get this problem solved. She had gone to doctors and spent the money, and, and, and nobody could figure this thing out. And, and so she, she hears about Jesus, right? She hears about, about these miracles, about how he's raised people from the dead. She hears about how he's cast demons, and, and, and she thinks to herself, oh, I wonder if he, could, if he could help me. So she shows up that day, and, and I don't know why I think this, but I think that woman was there that day, and she had heard the story, so it like kind of brought her there. But something tells me that when she was there that day, and she's fearful, and she's kind of worried, and she doesn't really know if it's going to work, when she sees Jesus get off the boat, and she sees him in person walking around, something tells me that she was like, he can do this. And I don't know why I think that. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say that. But, but to me, that just, I just feel like that's what she thought. And, and so she sees Jesus in this giant crowd, and, and, and now she's like, no, he, he can do this. And so she begins to make her way through the crowd, and there's a lot of people, so she's, she's sneaking around and, and pushing through, and, and finally she gets close enough. She gets close enough to Jesus and, and close enough just to touch his garment, the edge of his garment, and, and she's amazed as, as this condition that she had had for 12 years was instantly healed. And Jesus, the Bible says that he felt this healing power leave his body, and he stops. And he stops. Now, this is where we have to stop because I got to point a few things out. First of all, what great faith from this woman, right? Where she looked upon Jesus and she said, oh, if I could just get close enough to touch his garment, then he could heal me. What great faith. I want to remind you, though, also of the words of Jesus, who said that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. You see, this woman's faith is admirable, and it's amazing because it's so big and it's so strong. But you see, the only thing that makes that faith valid is who the faith was placed in. You see, my friends, we don't have to, to worry about having a big faith. We just have to worry about where our faith is placed. And when our faith is placed in Jesus, it doesn't matter how big it is. He will fill in the gaps. This woman had incredible faith, but you can have faith too. But if you place it in Jesus, that's the only way it can happen. If you place it in Jesus, that's the only place it's worth being placed. 
And so Jesus, he, he, he stops. He feels this power leave his body and he stops. Do you remember where Jesus was on the way to when he stopped? He was on the way to this little girl who was dying. He was on his way to a situation that was extremely severe and very urgent. But yet he stops. Can you imagine this little girl's dad when he's walking and he turned around and the crowd stopped with Jesus? He had to be like, bro, come on, we're, let's go, we're in a hurry here, right? But Jesus stops, and, and there's some reasons why he stops that I want to I show you. The first is he, he stops because all people and all problems matter to him. And we know that this situation is severe, right? We know that it's urgent. We know that there was a really big problem that he was on the way to fix. We know because as Jesus is talking to this, this woman, no spoiler alerts, we read the thing, he eventually talks to this woman. A messenger comes and tells them that this little girl has died. So we know that it was severe. We know that it was urgent, and yet Jesus stopped because this mattered to him. And I want you to see tonight that, that your problems, they matter to God. They matter to God. And, and I don't know why we do this as humans. But we have these problems, these things that go on in our life, and, and we start comparing them to each other. And we start to look at, at somebody else's problem, and we think, man, they don't have it as bad as I do. Like, I need more prayers, right? I need more Facebook posts. Y'all come help me, right? And then you just start to seek this sympathy, this sympathy and this, this, this more attention than, than you need. And what you're doing there is you're actually not loving that person who's going through something else because you're so consumed thinking your problem is bigger than everybody else's. And maybe you're on the other side of that. Maybe you struggle with that. When you look at your problems and then you look at somebody else's and you're like, man, I, I don't have it that bad. You know, maybe my problem doesn't really matter that much. Maybe it's not worth mentioning. Maybe it's not worth praying about. And then you start to what? Minimize your own pain. Minimize your own suffering. Begin to think that you don't matter. But that's not the way Jesus looks at it. That's not the way he rolls. And that's an that's a important perspective to have, right? Like what's going on in Ukraine right now is a really big deal. But we talked about it earlier. That doesn't mean that your problems don't matter. That doesn't mean what's going on in your life doesn't matter. There's no problem too small that Jesus doesn't care about. And there's also no problem too big that he's worried about. There's, the messenger comes and says, yo, don't bother him anymore. She's already passed away. Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Have faith. It's going to be okay. I want you to know that your problems matter and there's no problem big enough in your life right now that's making Jesus worry. Whatever you're going through, he's not sitting there like, oh my gosh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> what are we going to do, right? No, no, no. That's not, he, 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 all things were made through him. He created all things. He's been here since the beginning. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. All-powerful, all-knowing, almighty, he is God. He is not worried about a thing. And he loves you, and he cares for you. Your problems matter to him. Big or small, they matter. And this lady, this, this woman who was suffering, her problem mattered to Jesus, so he stopped. And he stops, and, and, and he, he, he feels this, this power leave his body, Right? And he stops and, and, and he turns to the crowd and he's like, yo, who, who touched me? Who touched me? 
And this part of the story is funny to me. Because Jesus says that, and everybody's like denying it and looking around like, I wonder who it was, right? And I don't know if you can relate to this, but I work with junior high and high school kids. I know the faces of people when you ask them a question and they don't want to answer it, right? If they just start looking around, like hit me with that, uh, please don't call on me face. You know what I'm talking about? I know, I feel Jesus right here in this moment when he says that and he doesn't get much back, right? But he says that, he says, Who, who's touched me? And, and, and Peter, good old Peter, just kindly reminds Jesus that there's a lot of people around, right? Jesus is probably like, thanks, dude. Like, but Peter's, he's like, Jesus, there, there's people everywhere. You've been bumping shoulders and patting on the back. Like, what, what are you talking about? Somebody touched you. And Jesus is like, no, Peter, you don't understand. Somebody came and sought me out today. Peter, somebody's in this crowd today, and, and they're not here just to witness a miracle. They're here because they believe a miracle can happen for them. Jesus is like, Peter, you don't understand. Somebody came to me today with intentionality, and now I must return the favor. Somebody came to me with purpose and with meaning, wanting something, and I will not let that go by the wayside. I will not let that go unnoticed. You see, Jesus, this is unbelievable. Think about this. You can't go to Jesus with more intentionality than he wants to bring back to you. Every time you go to Jesus, he responds with intentionality of his own. Every time you pursue Jesus, you find out he's already been pursuing you. He's a step ahead of you. It just takes, it took you turning around and pursuing him to realize it. And you see, Jesus, he, he, he wanted to, to contact, he wanted to meet this person that had this great faith that touched his robe because Jesus wanted that person to know something. Jesus wanted that person to know who he really was. Wanted that person to know who he really was, that he wasn't just some great prophet or some great teacher or some miracle worker, but that he was so much more than that. And so we asked the crowd, no, who, who touched me? And the Bible says that this woman, she realized that she could not stay hidden. And so she steps out into the crowd. And can you see it? The people's faces, their heads turning, their eyes getting big and mouths dropping when they realized who it was. And this woman, she comes out from the crowd and she's trembling. And she's afraid. And she falls to his, her knees at his feet. And she says, it was me. I, I'm the one that touched your robe. And she explains to him, sir, I've, I've been through a lot the past 12 years. I've been through a lot. I have this, this condition and nobody can seem to solve it. I've spent all my money. I've, I've gone through these terrible treatments and, 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 and nobody could solve it. But I knew that you could if I could just get close enough. And, and this, this woman is on her knees in front of all of these people and she proclaims who Jesus is. She says, I touched your garment and I was instantly healed. But this woman is afraid. This woman is trembling. This woman does not know what's going to happen next because you see this woman and her condition. She was looked down upon. She was outcasted. Because of her condition, people rejected her. People considered her unclean. People considered her unworthy. People considered her unlovable because of this condition that she did not ask for. She wasn't even allowed to go to the temple and talk to God because these people wouldn't let her. Those are the people that are looking at her as she's on her knees in front of Jesus. And she's there and she's afraid. 
She doesn't know what's to happen next because all she's known for the last 12 years is rejection and frustration. And there she is. And the reason this woman's afraid is because she had heard about the miracles. She'd heard about the power. She'd actually experienced it herself. But she had yet to experience his love. She had yet to experience his kindness. And this woman is shaking and she's trembling at his feet. And Jesus looks at this woman who had been rejected, who had been hated, who had been an afterthought. He looks at this woman as she's shaking and he calls her daughter. He calls her daughter. Can you imagine what that word must have sounded like to that young woman? She must have said, what? Daughter? Don't you know what they've said about me? Don't you know what? And you call me daughter? And those words must have sounded so sweet once she realized that he was being serious. Once she came to understand the love and the genuine passion and kindness that, that was behind that word. And as she heard that word and thought about it, I think that fear, I think it began to vanish. I think it began to vanish. And you see, Jesus, when she touched his robe, 12 years of physical suffering was gone in an instant. But her self-worth and her identity was restored with one word just as fast. He says, daughter, you matter. Daughter, I stopped for you. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace. My friends, I don't think that Jesus wants us to know his power apart from his love. I don't think he wants us to know his power and what he can do for us apart from his kindness. And let me tell you something about his kindness. His kindness is what leads us to repentance. His kindness is the tool in which he intends to use to draw us to himself. Not for what he can do, but for who he is. And who is he? Who is Jesus? He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah the Savior of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the friend of sinners. He is perfect. He is sinless. He is love. He is kindness. He is kindness. He is truth. He is grace. He is light. He is mercy. He's everything He said He is and more. Who's Jesus? Let me show you who He is in Matthew 11. This is what He says. He says, come to Me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, Come to me, all of you. This is for everybody. Come to me if you're carrying heavy burdens, if you're tired, if you're weary. Come to me. I want to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Learn of me. Because I am humble. I am gentle. I am meek. I am lowly in heart. That's the core of who he is, my friends. In his heart, he's gentle. He's kind. He's humble. He's merciful. He's patient. He's long-suffering. That's who he is. And he says, come to me. He says, you will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy to bear. My burden is light. Come to me. Who is Jesus? This is who he is. This is who he is. And he wants you to know who he is. 
He wants you to experience his mercy. He wants you to experience his love. He wants you to experience his forgiveness. He wants you to know it's going to be okay. He wants you to know you have purpose. He wants you to know you have meaning. He wants you to know that somebody stops for you because he loves you, because that's who he is, because he is love. He is kindness. And you know what? He receives the broken, and he receives the hurting, and he receives the sinful. He receives the forgotten and the downcast and the guilt-stricken. He receives the anxious. He receives the worried. He receives the depressed. He receives us just as we are. He doesn't say clean it up. He doesn't say figure it out. He doesn't say do better. He says, come to me. I will give you rest. The rest that you long for, it's found in me. Come to me. Come to me. I'm gentle. I'm I'm humble. I'm lowly. I'm meek for you New King James Version people. He's meek. He's kind, man. He says, come to me. He says, he says, I know it's hard. He says, I know it's hard. I know you're tired. He says, I know you're trying. He says, come to me. I'll heal what's broken. I'll restore. I'll fix. I will give you life. He says, come to me. So if you were in here right now and you're tired and you're burdened, come to Jesus. If you're here right now and you walked in this room and you were filled with guilt and shame, come to Jesus. If you were here right now and you're anxious and you're worried and you're depressed, come to Jesus. If you're here right now and you don't know what to do, if you feel like you're on your last leg, if life is beating you down, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He invites you to come to him. It's not my idea. He said it first. He invites you, come to me. If you walked in here tonight with burdens, you walked in here carrying something that's not yours to carry. You have a God who put on flesh and bone, who walked this earth in perfection, who suffered and died for you. He suffered and died for you. He didn't do that so you could carry heavy burdens. He didn't do that so you couldn't sleep at night. He did that to give you rest for your souls, to give you life and life in abundance and life eternally. That's why he did what he did. That's why he went to the cross. Let him do what he wants to do. Let him do what he wants to do. Man, who he is, Pastor Rod, last week. If you haven't watched this sermon, it's on our YouTube. That's a plug for you. Subscribe. (laughs) Pastor Rod, he talked about one of the greatest stories ever, and it's the story of the prodigal son. And we don't have time to to read the whole thing, but I'm going to summarize it for you, and uh, I'm going to wrap this thing up. The story of the prodigal son is about this dad who has, he's got two boys, And and the younger son comes to him one day and he says, Dad, I want my inheritance early. Which is literally the equivalent of saying, Dad, you could die for all I care. I just want my money. And so the son asks that of the father and the father gives it to him. And the son, he he takes this inheritance and, and he goes off to a distant land and he starts wilding out. 
and he's, he's wasting his money. He's, he's doing all kinds of things. And, and that road that he went down, that path that he took, left him broken, left him broke. Famine hit the land, and the man couldn't eat. And it got so bad that this man found himself jealous for the food that some pigs were eating. That's a bad place to be, man. That's a bad place to be. But he's, he's, he's jealous of, and, and, and all of a sudden it hits him. Man, what am I doing? My life was so much better with my father. And so this young man, he comes up with this plan, and he's like, all right, all right, I, I'm going to come up with this speech, and I'm going to go back to my father, I'm going to go back to my house, and I'm going I'm to talk to him, and, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to apologize, and I'm going to have this, this perfectly worded apology, and it's going to be amazing. And, and hopefully, the son thinks to himself, I, I, don't, I don't think I can come back and be a part of the family. I don't think I can come back and be a son. Maybe he'll let me be a servant if I can just, if I can be good enough, and maybe I can earn my way back up. And so the son, he, he heads back home. And as he's on this journey, the Bible says that, that, that the, father, the father saw the son while he was a long way off. And the father takes off running. And he runs to the son, and, and, and when he gets to him, he could care less about the apology. He could care less about what happened. The father wraps his arms around his son, and he welcomes him home. And the son even tries to get into the speech. He even tries to earn it back, but the father's like, no. No, 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 if you're coming back, you cannot come back as anything less than a son. You cannot come back as anything less as my boy. He says, welcome home. This, my friends, I've never seen this before, but, but God showed it to me. This is what it looks like to be humble and kind and meek and lowly. The father's love for that son is a picture of God's love for us. If God wasn't meek, if he wasn't lowly, if he wasn't humble, if he wasn't kind, we would have a lot of work to do. We would have a lot of work to do. We would have to, we would have to wake up and go get it. We would have to keep track of our rights and wrongs and make sure we paid the debt. It would be on us. But you see, that's not who he is. For he's kind and he's meek and he's lowly at heart. And he says, come back. Come back home. Come back to where you belong. I'm humble and I'm meek and I'm lowly. I forgive you. Come back and join the family. This is where you belong. If God, if he wasn't like that, man, we would be so screwed. We could never earn this love. We could never earn our way back. But Jesus is meek and he's lowly and he offers us open arms. He offers up open arms. He runs after us as we turn around to him. He runs after us with open arms and he wraps those arms around us and he kisses us on the face and he throws a robe on us and he puts sandals on our feet and he throws a party because we've returned. Because he loves us. Because he's meek and lowly and kind and humble. That's who he is. God, he wants you to know that his arms are open. He doesn't want you to fight through the crowd. 
He doesn't want you just to, to get a touch of his robe, even though that's enough. He wants you to know that his arms are wide open. He wants to wrap those arms around you. He wants to let you know that you're loved. Mason and the band, man, they're going to come up here. And, and I got like six favorite songs right now. They're going to sing one of them. And they're just going to play this song. And I don't know what you need to do. I don't know if you need to just worship as hard as you can. I don't know if you need to sit and pray. I don't know if there's things you got to confess to God. I don't know if you need to just sit there and let him love you. I don't know if you just need to read the words on the screen. I don't know what you need. But I really just felt like God wanted us to set up just a few moments for you to spend with him. While the beautiful song plays with some beautiful words, you can just listen, you can praise, you can worship, you can do whatever you need to do. But we just wanted to set up a moment for you to spend with God. So I'm going to pray for us, and then, and then the band's going to go ahead and play. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you, and we praise you. God, not for what you can do, and you can do all things. You can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. But we praise you for who you are, the meek and the lowly one, the kind one, the one whose love is, is, is perfect. The one whose love is long-suffering. The one who's patient. The God of second chances. The one that always has open arms. We just praise you for that. God, I love you and I just, I don't know what to say, so I'm going to stop talking. But I just want to say thank you. And I want to pray for everybody in this room. Thank you for what you did tonight. Thank you for what you're going to do in the next few moments. This, is, this song is a decoration of your love. May we, God, help us, help us. We can't do it. Help us accept that. Help us to understand that. I know it's hard. Sometimes we make mistakes and we push you away and we reject you and we... It's hard for us to accept a love so good and a love so perfect, but God, we can do it if you help us. So I ask that you help us. And I just want to say one last thing before I pass it off, that if you are in this room and you have never met Jesus, life is calling your name. I want you to know somebody died for you. Somebody took your place. Somebody loves you more than you could ever imagine. Man, if you've never met Jesus, I just, I beg you, I beg you tonight to give your life to Jesus, to come to Jesus. Come talk to me, come talk to Pastor Gregor. Tell somebody. And man, we will talk you through what that means for you. God, we love you and we thank you and, and we ask that you have your way with us over the next few moments. And we say this in your precious name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.